The following podcast may contain content that is not suitable for all ages or sensitive ears. Please be responsible. Thank you, and donkey. Hello, Save Them family. Landon here. Welcome to the Save Them podcast. And in this episode, we are going to address the topic of false prophets. False prophets um, is a big issue in Africa, specifically, and its tendrils extend all over the globe, um, especially in Western nations where there are large numbers of African expats, uh, expatriates, immigrants, whatever. And from Southern Africa, where we've done most of our work, uh, many of these false prophets, they, they come from up into the continent and they come down into South Africa and they set up shop and they use the, uh, let's say the, the liberal constitution of South Africa to basically hide their shenanigans and they engage in, in what are qualifiably human trafficking activities. Many of these guys coerce and entrap people. Um, they force you know, young women uh, to, and young boys for that matter, to partake in uh, especially sexual activities against their will in order to buy favor of the man of God, quote unquote. And it is a horrific thing. Uh, they specifically target pseudo Christian type and uh, populations, and they really target the uh, poorly educated and the vulnerable. And so here's a situation where the evil folks among us who have figured out how to manipulate religious systems are able to, with great success, manipulate the masses. So it really is a, a wolf in sheep's clothing and going after and attacking the sheep viciously. So we have quite a lot of work to do as the church to confront these individuals, but their their activities cross over into raw criminality. And there's started to be a pushback in South Africa, specifically starting in 2015 or so, um, when the authorities, the politicians, and the population at large started saying enough, enough of the nonsense, enough of this false setup uh, that is targeted at hurting our people. And, oh, by the way, stop coming to our country and <laughs> ruining it with your nonsense. If you've got stuff... Uh, that you want to play around with and um, made up religious stuff that you want to do, go do it somewhere else. So this is just giving you an idea of, of the mindset, you know, the 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 vibe uh, that's been going on around the false prophets. Uh, these guys are moving billions, and I'm not kidding, billions of dollars, and lots of people. Lots of people are moving through their networks. And we've even uncovered overlaps between the false prophet networks and the crime syndicates, where they will actually push uh, victims out of the harems and out of these false church networks and push them into 
uh, the, basically sell them uh, into human trafficking environments. So that is a little bit of background. I've pulled a few clips uh, from different news broadcasts over the past couple of years uh, that'll give you a little bit of a flavor for the conversation around false prophets and false preachers in South Africa. And again, per our usual uh, uh, podcasts, I'm extracting the audio for you to listen to here, but I very much encourage you to go into the description box of the podcast and watch the videos, because then you can really see the shenanigans these guys are up to. It's a a very visually, uh, I don't know, um, I I was going to say the word enticing, that's not the right word, but it's a, a a, a visually shocking uh, thing that these guys are actually pulling off. And you see that the wiles of the devil really can pull the the veil over so many people's eyes. It's just shocking. But um, in that, vulnerable people get hurt, and that's where Save Them steps in to get in and remove these predators and to separate them from the vulnerable and um, hopefully more people will not be hurt uh, by their ill-gotten gain. So this is the focus of the false prophet, a component of human trafficking, um, falling under the umbrella of human trafficking, being false churches, false prophets, and the movement of people, the coercion of people, and the exploitation of people for their gain. So... Here we go. I will throw a few clips together here, and you can just listen through a bit of a progression. First clip is going to talk about the arrest of a false prophet uh, that was done, and you'll hear one of the law enforcement authorities talking about sort of uh, where they stand and what they'll be looking at as far as more charges. And then uh, the second clip is going to be a little bit of an overview of some of the different false prophets who have come across on the landscape um, at the point in time of, of that production. And then the third clip is an interview uh, where a journalist was banned from actually going to Malawi to investigate one of these false prophets. Even though he was based in Johannesburg, he's from Malawi, and the investigative journalist try, uh, tried going to Malawi to investigate, and she got kicked out of Malawi for just trying to ask questions. So it raises bigger questions about how these guys are tied in to these networks and how uh, much power they're able to wield in their respective countries, respective environments. Now, one thing I will say is very important to understand is that these networks are expanding rapidly in the West. In one of the cases we worked, there was a network we um, went after where there was a false prophet who was based out of Africa And he set up an extension of his church in the United States, and they were targeting African expats all across the U.S. In year one, they were in a handful of cities, and they had a few thousand people. By year five, they were in over 20 cities, and they had over 200,000 people in their network. So this thing can expand very rapidly. There's an economies of scale here. And they really um, tap into the 
hopes and, and fears of people who are on hard times, who are uh, very vulnerable to just trying to do anything for life to be a bit easier because in the environments they're in, it's pretty rough. So, and uh, like the story is for many immigrants who come to a place like the United States, the grass is not always greener on the other side. And when they get here, when they find themselves as, you know, trained professionals working in very remedial jobs, living in horrible neighborhoods and all this, they're often trapped and they often wonder, why did I do this and what do I do now? And these false churches come in and say, we can be your family. You can join us and we will help you find riches in this world. And um, we obviously know that there's, there's no truth in that. So, okay. As the church, we're going to stand up. We're going to preach the truth of Jesus Christ every step of the way. And we're going to knock these guys out of, out of town. So, okay, I've talked too much. But I did want to just set that up and tell you a little bit about the three clips I'm going to play. And uh, we will catch you on the other side. So this is Landon, out. Cheers. A Nigerian pastor, Timothy Omotoso, has been arrested in Port Elizabeth. He's accused of sexually molesting young girls in his congregation. Police say that he's been charged with human trafficking. The pastor allegedly tried to escape at the Port Elizabeth airport by hiding in the women's toilets in the arrival section. He was then apprehended by heavily armed policemen and escorted to the offices of the Priority Crimes Unit, the Hawks. He remains in custody tonight. He's expected to appear in court tomorrow. A drama-filled day as the controversial pastor played cat and mouse with the police. The Hawks say it's the second time he tried to elude them. Today, he allegedly told the police his flight was delayed. After we uh, got information that um, his flight was delayed, which we could not just believe at face value, we had to take initiative as the Hawks to go to the airport ourselves, only to find out that the flight was on scheduled time and when we had to get to our men, um, yes, he did not use the way we thought he would use. We had to go after him, yes. He sought refuge at the toilet. That's where we got the toilet and took him from the toilet. He is facing several charges, including human trafficking, the Hawks' plan to arrest more people. We have arrested him for trafficking in persons. Human trafficking? That's correct. Only, and there's only one charge that has been laid? We are laying that charge now, but because we are investigating further, there's a possibility of us adding more charges onto that one. Members of the pastor's Port Elizabeth congregation hurled insults at the media from the church building in the city. They believe he is innocent. A small group of people also protested at the Hawks' offices, demanding that justice be served. Jade Lee Paulser, SABC News, Port Elizabeth. In 2014, Pastor Daniel Lesejo made headlines when he told congregants to eat grass because it would bring them closer to God. Did anyone die when they eat grass? No! Did anyone die when they drink petrol? No! Those who drink or eat, they never lay a charge or complain. 
those who did not and were never there, they are complaining. And then there was Paniwal Mguni, dubbed the snake pastor. The Soshanguva-based prophet made headlines in 2016 for feeding his followers snakes and rats. These animals, God made them for us to eat. During that same year, Incredible Happenings Ministries Pastor Baseka Mutsuaneng, known as Pastor Mboro, was alleged to have claimed he'd been to heaven. But he's since denied the allegations. The issue I went to heaven, I did selfies, I'm teaching that in this church. Timothy Omotoso is a flamboyant Durban-based pastor of the Jesus Dominion International Church. He was arrested in 2017 on charges related to the contravention of the Sexual Offences Act. While Omotoso denies the charges, his alleged victims tell a different story. He put his penis in between my thighs and he shoved in between my thighs. I was a virgin at the time, so he to took bed. caution and he fell asleep. Another controversial pastor is the wealthy prophet Shepherd Bushiri. He once sold tickets to a gala dinner in his honor for between a thousand rand and twenty-five thousand rand. Major One, as he's called by his followers, was recently arrested, along with his wife, on fraud-related charges. His followers believe he's innocent. We believe that our father is innocent until the court of law. So our Baba has been released for him to go, on, uh, to go and address his congregants. We are waiting for him. Last month, Pastor Aflagao made headlines when a video of him allegedly resurrecting a man went viral on social media. He since changed his tune, saying the man had been alive all along. I think we've reached a stage where we can say religion, especially Christianity, is in a state of crisis in South Africa and we need urgent answers and I'm hoping the sixth parliament will table this as one of its first issues that need tackling. It remains to be seen whether the Sixth Parliament will be able to deal with this thorny issue. That's because some of the controversial pastors are believed to be close to high-profile government officials. The video of a man being brought back to life by Pastor Elf Lukau dominated the news this week. But Lukau isn't the only pastor who's made headlines lately. Self-proclaimed prophet Bushiri and his wife were arrested in early February on fraud and money laundering charges. Bushiri has also been banned from Botswana. Now a city press journalist tried to investigate Bushiri's origins, but she was deported from Malawi before her investigation could even begin. Ntombizoto Makoba joins us now in studio, and we're very, very happy that you're back safely. But how powerful is this man if you just arrived and weren't even allowed into the country to investigate where he comes from? Yeah, um, thanks for having me. I must say he's very, very powerful, you know, for the fact that when I landed at the airport, you know, um, I remember when I was handing over my passport to a security guard, already 
he knew who I was, you know, I mean, he was there. So, so from the time you stepped off the plane, they knew exactly what you yes. were there for? So they had my picture, they know my ticket number, my passport number, everything about me. Gee. Okay, so and, and, and what was the process from there? How long did they detain you for? For 24 hours. 24 hours and sent you back on the very first plane back to Johannesburg? In fact, I was supposed to go back, deported the same day, but there was no like available flight. So obviously the first flight the following day, I had to be back in SA. You know. And what were the exact terms that they gave in, in terms of uh, their reasoning for returning you? Nick, to be honest with you, there was no reasoning. You know, at some point, I would keep on asking. I kept on asking, why? You know, is there something wrong with my passport? Why am I here? Like, even if after I've declared, you know, I was very honest to say I'm a journalist. However, I never told them who I was investigating, you know. And because I knew who, who I was dealing with, you know. It's a very, you know, this case going on. And... But uh, no one explained to me. At some point, they're like, we're keeping you for safety, you know, and they were speaking their language. I don't mm. understand, Chichewa. Come on. <laughs> and usually, I mean, just for the record, this is in great contrast to when most South Africans travel to Malawi. There's normally free passage into uh, the country, you know, our northern neighbor. So, I mean, this is completely out of, uh, out of, uh, of what regularly happens. Exactly. We know Malawi is a very peaceful country, you know, people are very friendly. I was expecting to be welcome, you know, um, with, you know, um, warm welcoming, but it was, for me, it was different, you know. If you can ask me um, if people from Malawi, you know, is it a peaceful country? Of course, no. What I've went through, it was very traumatic, you know. You know, at some point, you know, I asked the, the um, um, migration officers to say, can I use your phone? I was roaming, but, at, you know, at some point, I lo I, my phone lost signal. And they were like, no, 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 you're going back tomorrow in South Africa. Why do I want to make calls? Like, my family doesn't know where I am. My employers, you know, they don't know where I am. So I need to alert them. At some point, they have to know where I am right now, what's happening. And what was very strange, as much as I don't understand the language, in between their conversation, you know, they were mentioning Bushiri Bushiri, and I was like, oh my mm. gosh, you know, without me telling them or declaring to them who I was investigating, which was a very, very strange thing. You know. What were you able to gain in terms of insight into this man, Prophet Bushiri, while you were trying to get into Malawi? I mean, what does the average Malawian say about it? Can I tell you, obviously I wouldn't divulge more because, you know, there's a case going on, what I was there for, you know, uh, just to be safe. But, you know, you must know, Malawians um, in Malawi, they are against um, this prophet. You know, um, they believe, you know, um, they, you know, when I was in, when I was in police station, uh, I was asking people, what do you think of the so-called man? They, we are a laughing stock in Malawi, South Africa. They were like, what? We are against his wrongdoings. Are you guys mad? Are you for real? Do you believe in his miracles? You know, so I wouldn't say much. You know what I was investigating or to go into details because there's a case going on. I don't want to jeopardize the case. It's a very complex. You know, yeah. So yeah. You're looking into these miraculous pastors. Why do you think South Africa falls? hook, line, and sinker. Not the entire country, but a great deal of South Africa's citizens are buying what all of these prophets are saying. Can I tell you, it's not only South Africans, by the way, that are, have fallen in love, if I have to put it that way. Even other countries, you know, they, um, I think people are gullible. You know, people, I, th I think uh, we want miracles now. We want money now. We want, you know, people are frustrated. 
economy is not doing so well. You know, people are not working, they're unemployed. So people become, and I think at some point, I don't know what they do to these people, this prophet, people are brainwashed. You know, you can't tell them either way about the, their prophet, what they believe, and, you know, they can kill you alive, you know. They, you know, it's, you know I was, when I was doing the story, because it's not the first time that I was reporting on this uh, particular uh, uh, prophet, I was interviewing the con his congregants, and they were like, no, daddy, papa, we love him, we love him, he's the real deal, you know. So you can't tell them, you can't change their mind. I don't know what is done behind the scenes. I just feel like they are brainwashed. Something, you know, and, and hence this prophet, they are taking, uh, taking our country for a ride. You know, have you ever read or seen maybe one of our prophet, South African prophet, go to a foreign country, start a church, doing miracles there? Have you ever? No. You know, it's people, it's this prophet from foreign countries who come to our country, you know, which is a, yeah, walking apart, sort of, you know, mm -hmm. and they do as, a, as they please. And I think it's time something needs to be done. I'm very, very happy because, you know, our president recently suggested that um, we need a solution. You know, we need a solution about this whole thing. We wait with beta breath to see whether or not that's his lip service before the election. But what are you going to do now? You've been deported from Malawi once. Are you going to continue investigations into, into Prophet Bashiri and maybe other pastors? I will never stop doing my job. I really love my job. And I think it's about time we expose that what needs to be exposed, these bogus uh, prophets. I will continue doing my job. You know, I'm really not scared. I'm really not scared, you know. It, it, it is, it's about time. The little bit of insight that you have gotten during your investigations into Prophet Bashir and looking into these other ministries that come here and promise the, uh, the world, know, almost, yeah, the unbelievable, promise the world that you know, can't necessarily deliver on any of that. What's your what's your message to people watching at home that may have bought into these type of things and and go to these ministries once a week and and uh, end up giving a lot of money to these prophets? You know, my message is very simple, you know, um, being a young girl growing up in Soweto, you know, we have traditional churches, you know, please guys, please, you know, my sisters, my brothers, our mothers, fathers out there, please be vigilant, you know, um, don't fall in this new, to these new churches and profit, you know, because I've never visited this church, this church is one of these churches, now, I wouldn't know much what's happening behind the scenes, but my message is, do not fall in love with these new ch churches. Stick to your churches. You know, we were taught if you, you go to Catholic church from home, stick to your old churches, rather, instead of falling in love with the so-called new churches. Yeah. <sighs> Some interesting stories there on Saturday morning as we look into uh, these pastors, Prophet Bashiri and others that promised the earth. That was, of course, City Press journalist and Tommy Zoto Makoba. Thank you very much for your time on Morning News today. Uh, changing gears now, though. Okay. Well, there you have it. Three different clips from three different aspects of this false prophet thing. Um, I could actually play a hundred clips. There's so much out there. But I just wanted to give you a sampling of that. Um, please pray into this one. Uh, this is really, this is the apostate church gone writ large, you know, and really, really uh, Satan's playground. So let's pray that these people's eyes would be opened and that they would see the true gospel and they were, that there would be those who would go in and challenge these environments so that the true gospel would be known. Um, because 
somebody's got to step in the gap for these folks. And of course, in Satan's typical manner, he goes after the widows and the children uh, as his primary targets. And here we go, uh, widows and orphans. And, uh, you know, it's, anyways, it's enough to keep you up at night, but we're going to do something about it. So thank you for listening to today's podcast, and we'll catch you next time. This is Landon, out. Cheers.